Welcome to the Talking Payroll podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Angwin. In this episode, I speak with Ashik Ahmed, co-founder, CEO, and CTO of rostering and time attendance company, Deputy. Ashik is a guy who really gets things done. From solving an aviation client's problem came an idea to scale some technology that's become Deputy. This conversation covers how that pivot happened and the 10 years since. Deputy currently has 100,000 clients in 80 countries. Just think about that for a minute. It's quite mind-boggling. That's an average of 200 new customers a week for 10 years. Extraordinary numbers. Now with a team of 300 based in Australia, the US, the UK and the Philippines, Ashik shares his personal and very passionate views on what best practice workforce management should look and feel like. We also talk about his plans for the future of Deputy. I honestly could have talked with Ashik for hours. So sit back, grab a cup of tea and enjoy this conversation with Ashik Ahmed. Uh, hi, Ashik. Welcome to the Talking Payroll podcast. Thank you for having me, Tracy. I am a regular listener of your show. I've learned from learned so much from your show, so I'm super excited to be at your show. Fantastic. That's great. Look, you, um, you're an interesting uh, character. You know, you've, you co-founded Deputy more than a decade ago, but I can't find any evidence in LinkedIn that would give me any clues about why you would co-found a workforce management technology company. How on earth did you get into this industry? Great. You know, the, the way I'd like to answer that is there's a Jeff Bezos saying is that you don't choose your passion. Your passion chooses you. That's exactly yeah, right. what has happened uh, happened with me and, and Deputy and my story. So a bit of a long story in here is that my co-founder, Steve Shelley, um, is to run an aviation ground handling business. And aviation ground handling is everything other than the flying and engineering. So, say, mm-hmm. you know, the loading the plane, unloading the plane. It's a business that he started in 1992 with uh, uh, himself and his brother. One day he woke up um, he, 10 years later and he has 200 employees working for him. And the whole business is running on uh, Nokia 8820D, uh, if anybody remembers that sort yeah, of phone, yeah. and, uh, and Excel and email. Um, and uh, as Chance said it, I, I, I met Steve um, and I came in to do some employee performance analysis in terms of building, uh, turning an Excel file into a bit of an access database, if I can put it that way. But then I observed mm-hmm. so much inefficiencies that was happening in business. Um, and um, I'm like, okay, we need to, uh, can I improve this business for you? I asked Steve and he's like, okay, what do you mean by that? And um, I, I showed him a, a great example and you can probably appreciate this. And I'm talking, this is 2002, 2000, 2004 actually, where um, the business is to run payroll every fortnight. Okay? Every fortnight, the 200 employees' timesheet will arrive in a fax machine. Yeah, right. And um, uh, the payroll person will pick up these 200 timesheets on Monday morning. There's a dedicated fax and dedicated printer for, uh, uh, for all these things to arrive. Nobody should disturb the payroll person on, on, that, on, on that Monday. And they will take that and they will type it into an Excel. Okay, take all those timesheets and do live award interpretation. And mm-hmm. then that file will get uploaded into um, um, a payroll software, at which point the employees will be paid. 
uh, it's a very, like, you know, rain, hell, or shine, or public holiday or not, this is happening on a Monday. Sure. So the, the person who is running payroll, it was all happening, uh, like, you know, around, uh, like, they had to plan their life around um, how payroll is running. And I would pick up one of these timesheets and I would look at it, uh, for example, a particular employee um, who had worked 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., 14 hours on Monday, no break, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Tuesday, uh, do six days and six days, okay, in there. There's so, like, you know, literally so much overtime and so, much, so many things happening. And this employee has done it two fortnights in a row. And I'm, I'm like, really? They're, they're not getting any <laughs> breaks? Really? Like, you know, that, I mean, I'm concerned about the well-being of this employee in terms of sure. what's, what's happening. Are they, are they scheduled like this? Are they, uh, are they getting rostered like this? Are they, are they really, uh, you know, working so hard and no one's actually looking after them um, in there? Mm -hmm. And also, all the inefficiencies that are happening in terms of the workforce management, in a sense, where uh, there are other people who are not working so much, for example, that are underutilized. Um, I actually took the liberty for Steve is that I'm going to build a rostering software and a time tracking software for you, and we're going to put that into the business, oh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 did that. And and the net result of it was when it took ten years to grow the business from two people to two hundred people. Over next three years, we were able to grow the business from two hundred people to fourteen hundred people. And wow. in, on a personal life for Steve, what ended up happening is that. Um, you know, from the first 10 years when he actually didn't, uh, as a small business owner, he didn't actually see his own kids grow up because he was so invested. I mean, this is an aviation business, for example, where uh, it's highly unionized. It's very compliant. Like, it's 24 hours. Like, it, it could not be more complex of a scenario of running a business. Sure. And being able to solve it for him and having the impact in there and then seeing everybody else around who is Steve's friends, colleagues, or even our customers um, in that business wanting to know, hey, how can you can scale your business so well um, when we're still struggling with a small venue or even a large workforce? What do you do that uh, we don't? Um, and we realized that we some have something in our hand. And... Uh, that's how I've landed in the world of wow, workforce management cool. without knowing that it's actually called workforce management. If I well, there you go. <laughs> well, you sort of fell into the workforce management industry just like I fell into the payroll industry, right? Everyone falls into it. No one leaves school thinking, I'm going to be like a workforce management expert or a payroll expert. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's same, same with you, Tracy. Your passion has chosen you uh, uh, in terms of making the world of, uh, you know, payroll and employee experience better. So it's, it's, a, it's fun, you know. So tell me a little bit more about Deputy in terms of, you know, what, what's the business like now in terms of demographics? How many customers do you have? You know, what industries um, suit you best? You, how many, well, how big is your team? You know, what, what does the last 10 years look like in terms of growth? Just give me a sense of the company in 2019. Right now, there is more than 100,000 different businesses around the world in about 80 different countries that use Deputy. Wow. Um, uh, there's about 300 people working in the company around the world. Um, 150, uh, Sydney being the, the, the headquarters, there's about 150 mm -hmm. over here. Um, there's about 80 or 90, I believe, in, in Atlanta. There's a team that we are growing in 
um, in, in UK, and we have a big support service um, based out in the Philippines um, in there. So that, that basically makes mm-hmm. it standard. Um, from customer side, as a, so vertical-wise, we are in about, I, last I checked, about 70 different verticals. We have uh, a, a cafes, restaurants, um, um, retail, um, all the way to business like Google, um, or NASA, uh, or HubSpot, um, in tech giants, there's a variety of uh, businesses that are running running deputy. Basically, uh, two thirds of the global workforce is hourly paid. Okay, they're not wow. they're not paid a salary, um, and and that is that rate is only increasing on a yearly basis. The reason why it's increasing, Chris, is because uh, more and more businesses have to adapt to this thing known as instant gratification economy. It's economy. actually known as gig economy, but I like to call yeah, it right. the instant gratification economy because what happens is that uh, um, we're just becoming um, a generation where we want what we want, when we want, wherever we want. Okay? And we will choose, yeah. choose an experience or a, 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 a supplier or... Um, uh, a provider who will give us that experience. Okay, you want to go somewhere, you can call an Uber. You want to eat something, you can do deliver or Uber Eats. You want to watch something, you can do Netflix. You want to buy something, you can do that in Amazon, okay, in, mm-hmm. in any time. Uh, and with Amazon Prime in the United States, for example, you get same-day delivery. Um, and it's coming here in Australia or it's already here. So businesses of today needs to adapt to that kind of service delivery model, and which means that you actually have to have your workforce. I mean, I always said that the workforce management strategy is a subset of your customer success strategy. So if your customer success strategy is going to be being on demand, you kind of need to model your workforce to be on demand to some degree. And that doesn't mean that you have air tuskers or gig workers. That may still mean that you actually have your own workers who is providing that service, um, but they're just not doing this age-old model of nine to five anymore. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was speaking to a fellow the other day who has a uh, quite a large company. He's got two and a half thousand employees. A lot of them are part-timers and casuals. And he said that the biggest thing that would make a change to his biggest problem is finding people, just employing people and keeping them. And he said the thing he thinks would make the biggest difference is if he could pay people daily. Absolutely, absolutely. This is that whole, um, you know, on demand. Um, yeah. Um, uh, the instant gratification the workers are seeking, for example, that the fact that I work today, I get, um, uh, you know, I get, I get paid today. I mean, like, if you if you get on an Uber, um, ask the Uber driver, what do you like about Uber? The first thing they will say that they like flexibility. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and 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 the second thing is that you know what they have full control of what they're earning, when they're earning, and how they're earning, and and that is the disruption that is happening in this world today, um, and that is that's going to come into the workplaces as well, and you know a part of that experience of instant gratification is also getting paid on a daily basis. Yeah. Right. And it's really interesting. I always say that you know the business is making all these things happen. The things that we talked about two years ago are actually happening now. But unfortunately, legislation is just taking some time to catch up. And I think that's going to be a challenge, I think, in the payroll industry in the next sort of couple of years. Where do you think workforce management software is going in the next few years? And, and what trends are you seeing? And what, what are your clients asking for? Look, I mean, it's a... So much about what workforce management is right now. I mean, I have a... 
um, I have a vision of what it will be in the future, but so much of it is still is something that hasn't changed from the 1990s. I know we are in 2019 mm -hmm. right now, but so much have um, so many businesses are still running um, in manual. Like I mean, uh, we have some of the businesses like Seven uh, in that in the customer segment. We have people, businesses like in Qantas or uh, um, or Aesop. Um, Or missing. I mean, many of these businesses before they had deputy, the thing that we replaced before coming in is Excel or pen and paper. Okay, it's so. amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and you were, we were doing that. My first job was actually uh, out of university was working for a workforce management company, and they, they did payroll as well. But they really started their life in workforce management, although it wasn't called that then. We were taking people off paper then. That was in 1994. It's still. I can tell you. I mean, I um, we just this morning we onboarded one of the largest customers in the United States, um, uh, and and in that onboarding, uh, like you know, we found out is that uh, one of these a um, one of their location has been doing it in um, in pen and paper, for example. So funny. We've got a, um, a client that we did some work for last year, and they were. Um, They've got they're quite a, quite a big staff, 1,100 staff, and they were using paper timesheets, and I had 200,000 paper timesheets in my office at one point for about four months, and I actually took a photo of them, of the boxes, because I just wanted to remember what 200,000 paper timesheets <laughs> looked like, and some of them were... Some of them were paper timesheets that people had actually written, but some of them were a paper timesheet that had been taken by a photograph on the mobile phone at a weird angle and then either faxed or scanned or emailed to the payroll department. By the time they got there, they were so illegible. No, absolutely. I, I have seen, you know, uh, uh, photos. I have seen messages coming in as SMS. I have seen WhatsApp timesheets. I have seen, um, uh, I, like, I know, somebody else writing on someone's behalf in a um, little post-it note. There's all sorts of things <laughs> that has happened. And that's just one part. I mean, there's so much about... The whole workforce management is also the rostering part. Because, yep. I mean, I always say that, um, you know, there's rostering, which is kind of your game plan in terms of what will happen. And the timesheet is actually reality of the game plan that has been executed. Sure. Okay? And, um, and quite a lot of overtime laws and other things that needs to happen is, for example, um, uh, you know, you're rostered for, you know, five hours and you had ended up working more And there's an overtime component that comes into that in there. So when you get actually mm -hmm. the paper timesheet form in there, or even just clock in, clock out data from biometric systems, for example, there's so much context that is missing in mm. um, in the in the in the timesheet that has come through. Um, so in, in in deputy's case, for example, it's not only just electro like electronizing the timesheets and doing the hour interpretation. I mean, at deputy, we don't do payroll. Uh, we are a global um, global um, company. We have customers in 80 different countries. And uh, to this date, I still haven't found a company that does global payroll, unless you can tell me, Tracy, there's no. one out there. No. <laughs> When you find them, can you let me know? Because it would be, it's kind of like the, the nirvana. And a lot of companies say they do it, but it doesn't, it just never seems to quite work out. Um, depending on, of course, depending on the combination of countries you have, of course. I, I, have, I, I have operated in 80 different, I've seen payroll, like I've got great knowledge of payroll, at least here in Australia, great knowledge of that in the United States and UK um, and several other countries. And I can tell you that there is so much different, especially in the United States, for example, 
each of the state is different. Sure. I'll it's definitely mad. let you know I mean, when I find one. <laughs> yeah, can you do that? <laughs> just don't tell. Just tell me first. I mean, we. What's really interesting, and in, um, what, like you say, workforce management and payroll. It's a much bigger conversation than you know just the the net pay that ha- that hits an employee's bank account. And we continue to see press about employers who've been making underpayments to staff, some for many years. And we often do, we're doing a couple of audits at the moment on uh, large employers where we've found significant overpayments as well. But it's only the underpayments that get, you know, in the press. And mainly what we find is it's because an incorrect incorrect calculation of awards or EBAs, and oftentimes they're affecting overtime or penalty rates in the way that they've interpreted those, those industrial agreements. What annoys me is that very often, you know, the employer blames the technology. They say, oh, it's the system's fault or whatever. And, you know, um, but, but workforce management is all about standardising these calculations based on awards and, and EBAs and whatever instruments you're using. But a human had to make that decision on how to interpret the awards and then set them up in the workforce management system. So for me, I really get angry when, when you know, systems are, are blamed. What's your response when employers who get payroll wrong blame the system? Look, it, it is definitely, um, I mean, what's, the system, as, as, as you're saying, is the interpretation of the human, um, um, you know, applying the rules into that system. Like, this is, this is like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I come from the world of aviation. Um, you know, it's like flying a plane, okay? There's a pilot who flies a plane, but there's also autopilot, Okay, and the autopilot gets programmed by the pilot before the flight takes place. That I'm going to go from this waypoint to that one point at that altitude. Then it's going to go there and there and there, and then it's going to line up with the runway, and the plane's going to land. Okay, that's that's kind of like the systems part in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and obviously there is there's um, you know the the human element of the peril. There's a great level of responsibility. Peril is something such a serious thing because. Uh, if you underpay, uh, doing the overpayment and adjustments is always very painful. Okay, and you create bad experience for the employee. Okay, and hopefully it's caught at the employee level, not like you know how you're talking about you know um, you know months or years later. At which point you have to go back through history, and if God forbid, if those timesheets were in those two hundred thousand paper timesheets that they have to go through, okay, it's almost impossible. The other thing is that if you do overpayment, for example, getting the money back will be really, really hard, and you make probably yeah, sure. you know uh, make a fool out of yourselves. But I mean, my 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 uh, feelings on it is is two things. Okay, first of all, um, seeing peril around the world in Australia, the award interpretation is probably the most complex it can be in the entire world, okay? Mm-hmm. There are some rules and regulations that are in the award that, for example, it is so ambiguous, um, written by lawyers um, and in, cons- in consultation with unions, that it actually, by definition, has been already set up for failure. So I'm actually not even going to go to the system, okay? I'm actually yeah. going to go into how these awards have been set up, um, where... Uh, there's actually no clear cut. And, and uh, in deputy, we do full award interpretation for many of the industry awards uh, that are listed on our website. Um, and when we were going through this, for example, we will call the um, um, you know, fair work or industry ombudsman and like, you know, ask, hey, the messaging is very unclear. It's ambiguous in terms of which way you should go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't answer it themselves. 
for example. We have been situations through that ourselves. Yeah, we, we <laughs> see that all the time. And, and, and I actually have an internal uh, 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 legal counsel. I have a parallel compliance officer who actually goes and, and reads through those awards and interprets that in deputies so our customers can use that out of the box, for example. And we not only do that for here in Australia, we do that for other countries in the United States. Uh, and I will say that the, that the setup is extremely complex. And uh, whilst you, um, in your business and in my business, we work with lots of large customers. I actually feel sorry more for the small business owners. Oh, okay? me too. Okay, me because too. they don't necessarily have a payroll department. Quite often these business owners are doing the payroll themselves. This is a Sunday thing for them. Um, and how much they struggled for, for getting it right is, yeah, exactly. is, is what I sympathize. I mean, the big it, 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 once you have at least 70 or 100 employees, you should probably have an internal HR function uh, where the, the founder or the, or the owner of the business is delegating that function in there. And they should probably bring in systems and processes to go and, and get these things done or consulting with businesses like yourself or myself to have the, have the systems in place. But I, I am, I'm more sympathetic to the cause of the people who, who actually doesn't actually have that function or those who are starting their business right now. And um, I, I don't think it's a systems problem. We, we probably have a regulation problem in this country that we need to, we need to look at, we need to, we need to reform. Um, and many of these things have been so much historical and they actually haven't caught up to the change of... of, of um, like, you know, dynamics and the change of mm. like, the, the world and the change of economy that is taking place for us to make relevant going forward in there. So I, I, would, it, you know, I, I would ask for that to be looked into very heavily. That, I, I agree. And I always say that, you know, the minute that you employ your first employee, you are subject to the same rules and regulations that BHP and ANZ Bank and, you know, all these big companies are. It's just that a small business doesn't have internal teams of lawyers and um, you know, the resources. So I totally agree. I mean, using that pilot analogy, though, I mean, the, the, I get that the pilot doesn't just set the plan and then sit back and relax. They, they get their efficiencies by making the plan. They don't have to, um, you know, manually drive the plane. But what are they doing? They're actually spending their time monitoring the plan. And I think sometimes that's where we, in, as a, in the payroll industry, slip up, is that we put so much reliance on the plan and the system configuration that we're actually not monitoring it because things change all the time. Like you say, that we've got a, a big challenge in the apparel industry with, with regulations. And, you know, these awards are changing. Modern awards change all the time. And I think that employers don't realize that. No, absolutely. Modern hours change, the, the regulations, like, you know, single touch payroll, these things are changing. And I, I actually feel this change around the world. Like, you know, there's one thing that's happening, say, for example, in the United States, what's known as Fair Work Week. Where, mm -hmm. for example, if you, so what is to happen um, uh, with, with businesses is that businesses that do dynamic scheduling, and we, we do that in deputy as well. So if you find out that, hey, is, there's going to be a snowstorm tomorrow for which you're not going to have um, um, like, you know, that many customer visits, for example, in your store, they would go and say, you know, cancel shifts. Okay? Payroll sure. is usually the biggest line, cost line item in any business. Okay. It doesn't matter whether you're someone like a Home Depot in the United States who pays 65 cents in the dollar they earn on, on labor or even small businesses who are paying anywhere between 30 cents to 50 cents in the dollar 
for sure. example. And so obviously, if you can save money, you'll save money. But what is to ha- what ended up happening? Say this is um, this is the United States. Is that all of a sudden this hourly paid worker who relied on that income and said this individual happens to be a single parent or a single mother, they had to organize childcare to come in and all of a sudden their shift has been canceled. They're actually caught with having to pay their childcare um, um, uh, childcare worker, but he still didn't have the income. So in, say in the state of New York and with several other states, they have gone and changed the law where you now actually have to pay a $75 penalty for canceling a shift with less than 24-hour notification. For example, wow. okay. Wow. If you if you do that within less than one week notification, then uh, you have to pay. Uh, I think it's about a forty dollar penalty or a thirty dollar penalty. And then if it's less than two weeks, it's a ten dollar. And that penalty needs to be paid for every time you have changed the schedule. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. Talk about the complexity of solving that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I always joke that deputy coming out of Australia is a blessing and a curse. The blessing is that, you know, we, I came out of the world of aviation and the award interpretation and workforce management could not be any more complex. Sure. Okay. Um, I mean, we even had penalty for lifting a bowling ball, believe it or not, in the ABS, <laughs> not in the ABS, it is in the, uh, in the industry award. Um, and uh, like you know, solving for these things and then being able to work, walk into other sides of the world where there's complex situations like data rises. Our product has been able to solve these things kind of out of the box um, for mm-hmm. our various large, large customers. But it, it, is a, it is workforce management problem and payroll, uh, and payroll problem and so much aligned because you know, if you think about rostering, what's workforce management? It's basically rostering, uh, uh, you know, time and attendance and, and communication, you know, in these three, mm-hmm. in, in these three buckets. Um, rostering is all about telling, um, you know, uh, when you uh, or I as an employee come into work, where I'm working and what time I'm working, basically. Okay? And what are my expectations of that work I'm doing? And time tracking is the fact that, yes, I have arrived. I have left, and this is what I have done in there. I mean, depending on what function yeah, I have sure. performed, getting paid accurately for, I mean, if I'm a manager, I get paid as a manager role. If my shift changes, halfway through the, uh, um, like uh, through my shift, and based on where I have worked, what date and time, getting paid for that, and finally, obviously, that data going into payroll, and also how am I communicating with my employer and my colleagues. So this is workforce management. Mm-hmm. But all of that flows into payroll as well. So the two mm-hmm. things are really, I mean, I would, I would say that, in the industry, there is uh, people are called payroll experts, but most often the payroll person is a payroll slash workforce management expert. Oh, absolutely! Payroll must absolutely understand the you know the awards that they're working with. In fact, I um I actually saw Deputy for the very first time recently, only a week ago, um, when I was doing some work with a client who's looking for new technology. Uh, in workforce management and payroll, um, I thought it looked it, it was fantastic system. I thought so. Congratulations on putting you know something together that I think is is you know really really uh, impressive. Thank you. When I, I I often get asked you know from clients who are looking for new technology what you know, how to find the best technology for them. What do you think the most important things are to consider when someone's looking for you know both workforce management and payroll systems? So. I would 100% ask them to focus on employee experience mm-hmm. than focusing on just features and functionalities. Yeah, I agree. And here is my... Look, what is peril? Peril is you rewarding somebody for the work they have done for you, okay, for the business, okay? Because 
first of all, with rostering, I've told them what they need to do, when they need to do. Then time and attendance is the fact that they have done it. The ball then falls back into my court as an employer that I am rewarding them for the work they have done, okay? And rewarding it accurately, remunerating them appropriately, okay? So all of those things are experiences, each of those things. I mean, uh, I'll tell you um, a story um, about my journey in deputy. Uh, one of our customers is Gelato Messina. Um, if you're in Sydney, you probably know mm. them. Um, Australia's best gelato. I'd like to plug my customers where possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in actually one of their stores. Um, oh, this is about two, three years ago. Um, and I was wearing my deputy T-shirt, buying the gelato, and the guy behind the counter asked me, um, do, you, do I work for deputy? I said, yep, I work for deputy. My wife was there, corrected who I am. Next thing I get staff discount on the gelato. Um, and I'm, I'm like, you know, hey, hey, any feedback about deputy be, be being a, uh, uh, you know, user in there? And he goes like, uh, it's been the, it's been the biggest change in my working career. I'm like, wow, that's a big statement. Tell me more. Why? That's... And he goes like, look, I mean, the day I got the job, I asked, so where do I go to take the photo of the rosters? And he go, and they go like, no, there's no, nothing in the wall. Download the app called deputy. You're going to get your shifts in there. And, um, uh, and with this app now, for example, if I don't want to work on a, um, a Saturday, this coming Saturday, because I want to go to a concert in Passworld, I'll call my manager, ask them, hey, can I not um, come? And my manager tell me to um, either to get lost or go find my own cover. Next thing, I'm pulling 10 different favors to do something. Now, with Deputy, I can um, you know, tap on the um, app, go to my upcoming shift, and I can trade or drop my shift with somebody else. I can see who are the people working on Sunday. You know, do I like working with these people or who's working on Monday? Okay, I can actually do this all like you know, without making any phone call, even leaving my couch. I have complete freedom of my life and I'm not bothering my manager um, in terms of not being. So that level of experience that I, he, he gets and mm. his manager gets means that they spend more of their time focusing on customer, focusing on the business. I mean, one of the mission of deputy is to free people from the mundane of shift work. And that's, that's mm -hmm. where, I mean, he told me something that was probably the biggest thing I, I've heard in my journey of deputy. He goes like, I don't think I'll ever work for a business that, that, that doesn't have deputy. Um, and well, that's th exciting, you know. That's that's exciting because it's that instant gratification thing again, right? It's complete control. It's, you know, I think it's funny that, you know, we used to have all these systems and computer technology and, you know, servers and whatever. And now I can honestly run Australian Payroll Association from my mobile phone if I had to. Absolutely. And the world will be like that. It's, it's not about the features or functionalities. It's all about experience. I mean, the, here is the biggest analogy I give people. Uh, Tracy, if I went back 10 years ago and I told you 10 years later, the biggest thing will be a taxi app, would you have believed yeah. me? Yeah, okay, sure. but here's the thing. And if you compare ta um, a taxi versus Uber or Lyft, okay, I can call a taxi. I can walk into a taxi stand and get into a taxi. I can use one of those M Taxi app to get a taxi. Okay, um, mm -hmm. whereas in Uber, there's only one way of getting an Uber. Okay, you have to go through the app and you get the uh, get yeah. Uber. And once I get in a taxi, I can pay by cash. I can pay by card. I even learned the other day you can pay by check to a taxi driver. But in Uber, you can only pay pay one way. But this is the thing, it's all about the experience. So to answer your original question, if an employer is looking for um, um, uh, new solutions in there, I would highly urge them to look at experience, experience of employees and experience of employers. Because if 
when somebody is buying a product and service from you, they buy not just the product, they actually buy the experience. And the experience is formed sure. in three parts. You have your product that you're selling, you have your environment where this product is being purchased, and you have your people who is delivering that product uh, and service. And all three those things has to be really great for them, for you to have that repeat customer, be it in a retail environment or be it in a, um, a uh, like, you know, a, a services like a, a, a hospitality or airline or 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 whatever other business you are you're focusing into in there. So if you whatever you can do to drive better experience for your employees, for your managers, for your payroll officer who um, is looking into getting those people uh, paid accurately um, and remunerated accurately is what should be the focus. And the features yeah, I totally agree. And the features are delivering that experience. Sure. I, I only said to my client that I was working with the other day, um, you know, there was a group of us, sort of 10 of us in the room, and I said, it's actually not about how we want to interact with these products. It's about how the other hundreds of people you employ interact with these products. And it's actually about more important to make their lives easier than our lives easier. Employee experience so, is the know. most important thing for today's business. I mean, to be successful in business, you need three things. You need great strategy, you need great people and great execution. So having mm -hmm. the great, um, great people um, actually is so much about the experience and so much about workforce management and payroll is about delivering that experience to the employees much, as much as you're delivering to your customer. So focus on the experience. That's what would be my advice. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, you did say you, you've been going with Deputy for just over 10 years. I'm interested to know where you think Deputy is going to be after another 10 years in business. I, I have dreams about what Deputy will be in 20 years <laughs> and 50 years' time. Because, I mean, uh, we are building a, what I like to call is a generational software company uh, with the mission that one day every shift in the world will be done on Deputy. That might not happen in my lifetime, Tracy, but mm -hmm. I want to set up a company set up um, a culture um, where it actually drives towards that. And it will be driving towards that with the um, um, with enablement of the technologies that are relevant um, in, into, the, into the future world. I mean, I, I, in 10 years' time, yes, you're 100% like um, that customer of yours is the fact that people are getting paid on a daily basis. The whole function mm. of, of like, you know, how people are working, how people are remunerated will be, will be changing. And, and for us, with Deputy, I mean, our mission is freeing people up from the mundane of, of shift work, and we will continue doing that. I mean, if you asked me 10 years ago, did I imagine Deputy being what it is right now? I would have said, no, <laughs> probably not. But I can tell you that yeah, right. right now our um, whole um, cadence of execution is the fact that um, as a company, we're continuously reiterating ourselves to be relevant for the world that is coming. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's it's very clear, Ashik, from your you know the way you speak about your you know your your business, your employees, your customers. It's very clear the passion and dedication you have to your to your craft, to your industry. Um, thank you so much for being on uh, Talking Payroll. I've really enjoyed this conversation, and I really hope to. Uh, to catch up with you very soon. Absolutely. And I'll just bookend this, like, you know, with the story of how Deputy started. I mean, the thing that got me started in, uh, started in Deputy is the fact that I was able to make a difference for one business, one business owner, my co-founder, 
who was my first customer in a sense. And the purpose of Deputy was the fact that we being able to do that for every business owner. I mean, when a business grows, okay, they employ more people. They, um, and, and as they employ more people, more people, uh, you know, uh, more families get food on the table, more children get better education. The socioeconomic impact of making small business and businesses successful is something that is truly rewarding. And uh, that's why we call ourselves deputy, because we see ourselves as the second in charge to, uh, to every, um, every business owner, and including every employee. So Tracy, thank you for giving me the opportunity Love to talk, uh, talk in your show. And hopefully, we get to work together in improving lives of many, many businesses and their employees. I love that, love that mission. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Tracy. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you enjoyed that last episode of Talking Payroll. If you've got any comments or questions, please email them to us at podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. And look, if there's anyone that you'd love to hear on this podcast or someone that you think that I just have to interview, and maybe that's even you, please let us know by emailing podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. That's podcast at austpayroll.com.au. I'm really looking forward to having you listen again next time I'm talking payroll.